tonight was the Steph Curry Show. 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He did it all in the Warriors 107-97 victory in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Of course, you're listening to Cuts to the Chase in the Finals. Review, preview of next game, whatever you want to call it. And, well, for the first time all year, I have some guests in person. Kyle Bauer and Cooper Goble. We've, well, we've watched the finals game together and we're trying to in-person podcast and all we can do is laugh. So bear with us tonight. Um, but first of all, um, you know, Steph Curry, that was a finals MVP performance. Does anybody have any comments on him? Well, I think the... We were waiting for this breakout performance from somebody like Steph. They talked about it before the game, what was going to be the the MVP caliber move. Um, I think Steph Curry definitely delivered tonight. I mean, 43 points is insane. And it wasn't all like one quarter. It was consistently throughout the entire game. He was the guy for his team. And uh, adding 10 rebounds for a, for a guard like Steph, that's pretty impressive as well when you think about the other guys on the team that didn't have as many rebounds. Um, but yeah, he put his team on his back and, uh, they earned that win. I mean, no one else scoring over 20 points for this Warriors team, including Draymond Green. In case you're curious, Draymond Green's mother has no idea what's going on with him. Uh, Cooper, I believe you have the exact tweets. If you want to let the viewers know or listeners know, um, what's going on with Draymond Green, according to his mother. Yeah. So, uh, Mrs. Green, uh, tweeted out. Please, people, stop asking me what's wrong with Dre. I don't know. Maybe this is a clone. So uh, even Mrs. Green does not know what's up with the guy. Yeah, Draymond tonight, two points, one of seven shooting. Um, He did have three fouls, so that means he's up to 17 points throughout all the finals games. 17 fouls. But nonetheless, the Warriors won with Draymond Green and his antics. Otto Porter Jr. shooting 0 of 2. Nobody on the bench being that impressive. All of this. Because a lot went wrong for the Celtics. They lost a turnover battle. Marcus Smart shot 3 of 9. Jason Tatum shot 8 of 23. They scored only 19 points in the fourth quarter. And looking at the stat sheet, no shots in the last two minutes from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think that's an important thing. Can the Celtics survive at all, Cooper, without you know any shots from their two-star players in the final two minutes of a... First time we've seen a game within 10 points in the fourth quarter. Well, for as all the good that Marcus Smart does on defense, late game situations or late in the quarter, late in the half, whatever, Marcus Smart, he think he thinks he's him, you know? He tries to take over. He tries to take all the shots late, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are way too passive down the down the stretch of games. Um, they They... If they want to, if they they could have won tonight pretty easily, not easily, but if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown really wanted the other, Jalen was playing a little bit better tonight, so probably Jalen. He sh- they should have been going to him down the stretch, but he just kept kicking it out and not doing any doing anything on offense, just standing there and watching Marcus Smart uh, try to take over. It's almost like Jalen Brown. You call him a playmaker or trying trying to be Cooper. You know, you know. <laughs> we had we had a discussion while we were watching this game about. The weaknesses Jalen Brown does or does not have. I really like him. I think he has a pretty complete game. And they don't like his playmaking, which is fair. Um, let's actually look at his playmaking tonight in some ways of his assists. 
two. Yeah, not great, not great. Um, um, on to the next thing. But, Kyle, you know, you were kind of the – I think you were the one to point out as we were watching the lack of shots we were seeing. Uh, you know, Marcus Smart, three. Marcus Smart, three. Then it was Al Horford, and Al Horford again. But, hey, he hit the second one. Um, but it just – it wasn't enough. I mean, those were the guys taking the shots at the end of the game. You're the one that pointed that out. Jason Tatum's your guy. He's supposed to have the Mamba mentality. That's part of the – between Duke and the Mamba mentality, I think we know why you like Jason Tatum. There was no Mamba mentality tonight. Absolutely not. No, he uh, he was one of those guys, you know, he was talking about before the finals how he sent Kobe this text, and, and it was an awesome tribute, and he was doing it for Kobe. And as I sit here in front of my shrine to Kobe Bryant, watching this game together – he did not have that mentality that we all wish he had in this situation. Very passive, looking to be the playmaker. His stat line is respectable, I guess. I mean, 8 of 23 shooting isn't exactly fantastic. Uh, he was still probably the best player for the Celtics tonight, but the last, I mean, the last five minutes of the game, he was just another guy on the court. He was never a threat to to take over and be the scoring threat. He was never creating space, driving. I mean, he took one, like, driving step-back jumper that hit the front of the rim and bounced out. It was just kind of rough to watch, and at no point did I feel like the Celtics were getting back in it. Um, I think the big running joke towards the end of the game was at 5 minutes and 14 seconds left of the game. Um, and I can't even remember who hit the shot. You know, it might have been Smart. Marcus, it might have been it was Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, yeah, hit this shot, and I said, Dagger. And, you know, they went up by three or went up by four or whatever. It was like, it was still it a close was 94-90 game. 94-90 after that 94-90. So, yeah, still. Still a close game, but I felt like, boom, they've got the momentum. They're going to take it over. And then Steph Curry happened. And that the dagger became uh, not so much of a dagger. So that became the running joke. But realistically, Jason Tatum's got to take more shots. He's got to be more of a creator, not just a playmaker in that situation. If you're following around along... You know the Celtics finished up with 97 points. That means in the final five minutes, five-plus minutes, they scored three points. Those three points came from Al Horford with a minute or so left. Absolutely crumbled. But honestly, let's be honest. Outside of Steph Curry, no one of the Warriors was super impressive. Klay Thompson, underwhelming again. 7 of 17, 4 of 10 from deep. Andrew Wiggins. Cooper, you kind of mentioned I talked about this personally. Andrew Wiggins has been the most consistent player. You joked and said he's your finals MVP. But even like he wasn't playing that well. 7 of 17, 2 of 6 shooting, but was plus 20. Really added in a lot because he put up 16 boards. He was outboarding pretty much what felt like this whole Celtics team. Otto Porter, they threw into the lineup. I want to see more from Otto Porter. I said this after last game. He shot over two today. Draymond, Draymond's mom. We know all about that. Uh, the bench really didn't show up either. <laughs> uh, but Jordan Poole, I think uh, you mentioned this, Kyle, as we watched the game as well. So I'll bring it back to you. And we had this conversation as we drove home. Jordan Poole doesn't succeed on any other team right now. He's not efficient enough, in my opinion. He looked out of control tonight in a lot of ways. Like It really felt like, as this game was close, the Celtics were going to win it because they had control, and it felt like the Warriors did not besides Steph Curry. But it became Steph Curry, and now we have a three-game series. Like It comes down to three, three games, and a few things that have to be X-Factors. The team who wins the 
wins the turnover battle is 4-0. And Cooper, that's something you brought up. These are two teams that really struggle with live ball turnovers. And while it hasn't been huge margins yet, time after time, it's the team who wins a turnover battle that wins. Yeah, all season, both the Warriors and the Celtics really struggled with turning the ball over. And regular season, Warriors and Celtics were the top two ranked defenses um, this season. So I was, I think, I mean, yeah, that's one of the most important battles, no matter the matchup. But whenever you have two of the top defenses and two teams that struggle to hold on to the ball, that's really going to be one of the main things these games come down to the last three games. I completely agree. And going back to something we kind of talked about to bring up a question really quickly, though, is, you know, we talked about how it was Marcus Smart taking two threes late. It was also Al Horford taking two threes late. Those were open shots. Like, oh, we all saw those shots. They weren't, oh my gosh, wide open all the time in the world. No pressure shots. But those were open shots. We can't say those were bad shots. But in the end, would you rather have a driving Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum take those shots, Kyle? Oh, absolutely. And there was a, you know, late in the game, there was a backdoor cut by by Jalen Brown that, you know, should have been an easy layup, but he kind of fumbled the ball and ended up being a turnover, went out of bounds. That killed momentum again. But I think they make that basket. At that point, the game was like 197 or whatever. You know, it was still a, a three point game, a one possession game. And just like little things like that, the little turnovers late in the game that killed them are taking. Like you said, not really bad shots, but not your best players taking the good shots. It's these supporting guys who, you know, Marcus Smart was three of nine from shooting beyond the arc, which isn't exactly fantastic. I think that he took way too many threes. Then you got Al Horford, who you mentioned this earlier, you know, he's 6'10", and he's spending all of his time outside the three-point line. And then you've got your two best players, Tatum and Brown, who aren't taking those shots, they were one, you know, one good make away from making this a game, and instead they lose by 10. Yeah, it's absolutely tough. I'm watching, I'm rethinking about these last few minutes. I'm going to say something that is probably going to give reactions from both of you um, before I finish my point. But I was thinking at points, do you have Marcus Smart out there on in this game late? And it comes down to, yes, you do. I uh, Derek White, I think, is a smarter offensive player, and tonight would have helped them win this game late-game late, na- late game scenario. But with that, Marcus Smart is the def- defensive player of the game. Defensive player of the year, excuse me. So you have to play him. But when it comes down to it, it's three games. We're tied at two. It's a best of three at this point. Two in Golden State. Golden State's back to having home court advantage. Though we've still not seen Boston lose back-to-back games since early January or mid-January. few things we need to talk about looking forward here. First of all, Otto Porter Jr. started for Kevon Looney. Right away, Robert Williams feasted. He only had six points, but they all came within like the first five minutes. I'm assuming we both agree Kevon Looney starts game five, correct? Correct. Yeah. It just does not work out for the Warriors. The Warriors may have won this game, but let's be honest. They threw Kevon Looney in it. He might as well have started. Horford not playing inside the arc at all. I'd like to see more Horford and Williams playing together and Horford playing more of a traditional center, fighting down low a little bit more. I know that's not totally his game anymore. Um, Man, I'm not saying get rid of Robert Williams because clearly he plays well when he's out there. He was a plus six, which is the high of anyone on this team. But Grant Williams only getting 13 minutes. Am I the only one that thinks you maybe sacrifice some Grant, some Robert Williams minutes for Grant Williams minutes? Cooper, how do you feel about that? Um, well, 
Yes, but also no. I think the Celtics, I think both Grant and Robert Williams are still pretty banged up. Um, so I just, I don't really know how much either of them can really play right now. Obviously, they they have to play and they are playing, but I, I don't think either of them are even close to 100% healthy right now. Both of them are banged up. And that's part of the reason why I say you put Horford. I mean, everyone's banged up. Let's be honest. It's the playoffs. But that's why you put Horford down low for me. Robert Williams, take back a little bit of his minutes. Really do the matchup game with Kevon Looney. When Looney's out there, Williams is out there. When Looney's not out there, Williams isn't out there as much. But that way, Grant Williams isn't banging his body that much. Robert Williams isn't doing that either and getting more injured. You have Al Horford doing the dirty work. That's just my opinion. But I want to know, from that's kind of my X factor, I think, is how do they work that big man rotation for the Celtics. Um, but that's just kind of one of the X factors I'm looking at. Kyle, swing it to you as the X factors for the final three games. Well, I think looking at the minute split between Robert Williams and, and Grant Williams, Robert Williams played 31 minutes, and that was you know the fourth most on the Celtics team. Grant Williams added 13 off the bench, which you know I'd like to see him get a few more minutes, but I don't think that needs to be with uh, you know sacrificing more of Robert Williams. You did mention he was banged up, but you look at his stat line. I mean, it was modest: 12 rebounds, uh, you know, four assists, seven points. He had no fouls and no turnovers. Um, for a big guy to not have any fouls in 30 minutes of playing time, I mean, that's pretty impressive to me. Um, so I don't think you necessarily sacrifice his game time at all, especially, you know, this is the finals. We're getting down to the wire. There's an offseason coming up. You play those guys as many minutes as they can possibly play without dying on the court because uh, you got to get these wins now. There's not going to be much of a chance here coming up. The series is tied 2-2. Two to two. It's coming down to it. You know, it's a three-game series now. So... Whatever happens these next three games, you just got to let your guys go out there and, and give you everything they've got. So do you like kind of the minutes rotation they have? Is there someone you think should be taking less minutes on the Celtics team? Uh, if I had to say somebody, I'd probably say Derek White. I mean, he had 36 minutes in this game, um, but he was, you know, his, the plus or minus, he was a minus 19. All right, so he it's not like he was out there doing a whole lot of good for the team. Uh, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but 36 minutes from him off the bench you know, maybe not the right move. Agreed. I mean, 16 points, 4 of 12 shooting is not great, and that's with 5 of 5 from the free throw line, also 3 turnovers. I agree. Derek White, certified Miami Heat killer. Not a certified Golden State Warriors killer. But, Coop, what is your X factor kind of for the final three games? Well, I mean, tonight the Warriors out-rebounded the Celtics by 13, and obviously the Warriors, you know, kind of historically throughout this run have ran small. Kevon Looney is... Obviously a pretty big guy, you know, he's probably like seven feet tall. But, I mean, you can't allow, if you're the Celtics, you can't allow Andrew Wiggins to come out and drop 17 points and 16 rebounds on you. That's That can't happen again if they want to close out this series. Um, I, I think whoever wins game five is going to take this series. It's usually kind of how it goes in playoff series. And with the Warriors being at home, I think they probably take it. But in terms of an X factor, the two main things – it's kind of basic, but whoever wins the rebound battle and the turnover battle, it's probably going to win a game because that's where both of these teams kind of have struggled this season. So whichever one struggles the least there probably is going to take it. I'll start with you. We haven't got a finals prediction from you at all on this podcast because it's been a while. But, hey, you got you got the Nets rebuild coming up. It'll come some point. Don't you worry, y'all. Uh, the Jazz one's really good. Go listen to that one. But uh, 2-2 series, what's your prediction? Warriors in four. 
Let's try again. Uh, at the start of the series, I said it was going to be Warriors in six. Um, I thought they were going to win the first two at home. They choked game one. So now I'm thinking it's probably going to go seven. I think I think I still have the Warriors, but I think it's going to be closer than I originally thought. Kyle, now over to you. Prediction for the rest of the series. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns and say Warriors in seven. Um, I don't know what we're going to see this next game, you know, because the, the stat is still out there that Boston hasn't lost two in a row, right? Since what, January something? Like January 25th, I believe. January 25th. So, you know, they could come out and, and take game five and all of a sudden this is a scary series because you got Boston up 3-2. Um, but I'm I'm kind of agreeing with Cooper here. I I sort of do feel like Golden State wins game five. Um, I do still think it goes seven. This is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome series. It has been, you know, the games haven't been super close, but the series has been really back and forth. This was by far the best game of the series so far, and it still ended up being a 10-point game. Uh, So, and that feels, you know, further than what the score should have reflected based on the back and forth game. But the last five minutes were kind of rough on Boston. But I, I really do feel like... This series is going seven, and we're going to be talking about this one for years to come as one of the best series in a while. Yeah, I mean, it was close throughout. It was with three minutes left, a three-point game. Like, it was a much closer game than the box score shows. They were within three points for most of it. I really struggle here. I mean, obviously, I kept my prediction for last. It's cut to the chase, not cut to the Kyle Cooper and Chase, as we joke about. (laughs) Um, You all agree. I love having you all. Uh, But because I agree, like, watching tonight makes me knee-jerk reaction towards the Warriors. But when it comes down to it, The thing that's really impressed me about Jason Tatum this playoffs run is the way he's reacted. He's had a few bad games. Miami, he had a 10-point game, and then he came out in game four. He had a 10-point game with like seven turnovers, too, and like five of those were in the last three minutes of that chaotic game three. And then he came out and played great in game four. We've seen this time after time. So I expect Jason Tatum to respond in a big way. He did not shoot well in game one. He came out and shot well in game two two but they lost so you look at that however you want but he responds personally pretty well i expect him to do that and again the celtics haven't lost two games in a row since mid to late january with that i have to stick with my prediction i i'm i'm not i'm not giving up on the celtics yet but game five is absolutely massive nonetheless it's gonna be on monday night as you all know there'll be no podcast afterwards who knows maybe these two will get together make a podcast on their own podcast channel uh don't worry i'll shout them out if they do uh but i will be in atlanta i will be busy um probably will live tweet some reactions though so check out my twitter willie chase um after the game because i will put some reactions out there Cooper does not like my Twitter name, and that is okay. Um, but I'm still going. I'm still going Celtics in seven right now. I think it's tough for them to win two games on the road in the last three, especially with the way I think it falls out. So they win both the away games and lose their only home game. That seems weird, but that that's my prediction. It's how it worked out in the Eastern Conference Finals when it was two two. So I'm keeping Celtics in seven, but it was a joy to finally do a podcast in person with you all. Uh, it only took us about 25 minutes to stop laughing um, and, and do it. Um, and, and the jokes will stay as inside jokes because that's what makes it the most fun. But as always, thank you all for listening. This has been Cuts to the Chase and we out.